to find it. Brother, something that, the first thing that stood out to me, right, is the balance and your philosophy around, around coaching and taking athletes through, making them move better and also balance through training rather than you're going to do SPD in the off season or you're going to get massively strong and yoked in the, in the off season. And then you're going to go play your sport and in the on season and crack on. See you later. Come back when you've got a shitload of injuries and we're going to have to figure this out, scratching our heads like monkeys and be like, what went wrong? You know, it's the, can you move well? Okay, cool. If that answer is no, then we probably need to start there. Right. And then how balanced are we trying to, make you prepared for how you make your money. And that's, um, I think it goes amiss a lot in the SNC for sport realm, right? Everybody likes to put on a hat and say, I'm a strength and conditioning coach. You're like, okay, Jeffrey, like we coach at, a, you know, City Fitness or um, Global Gym and coach Daphne, who's 49, as a, doesn't make you an SNC coach, you know, she might have played volleyball 30 years ago, but that doesn't mean like you can have some specific sport training, you know? Um, so that's what stood out to me, dude. And I was just like, dude, we got to fucking have a conversation. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it, when you talk to people in my industry, it's tough because like it for a really long time ago. So I got into the field from a guy named Buddy Morris. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Um, he's the head strength coach for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, what I would say one of, one of the best strength conditioning coaches probably in the world. He's very, very influential. And, um, you know, the first time I, I, first time I interned with him was at university of Pittsburgh and, uh, it's funny because I remember he used to say, like, the hardest part about my job is just coming in here and turning on the lights. And um, he's like, you know, we have a bunch of tremendous athletes here. And I'd be lying to you if I said that, you know, I'm the reason that they're tremendous athletes. You know, it, he, he always used to say, it's like, if you have somebody that is just a, a genetic freak, and, and a lot of times you're going to get those guys. It's your job just not to fuck things up. Okay. And um, I remember at that point, you know, I, I was, I really liked bodybuilding. I liked Arnold and, and I wasn't going to school for SNC. I actually was going to school for law. Um, and the, the first couple times I was watching him and his assistant, James Smith program, I was very surprised at how low volume it was in, in the weight room, because again, I'm coming from Arnold, right? Yeah. And it's like, we're doing 20 sets of chest. Um, and I thought like, man, why, why, why do, and, and not disrespectfully, but just like, why do people think that these guys are so good? Like they're barely fucking doing anything in the weight room. And it was at that point, I didn't understand that like, the, the weight room was not where these guys were going to win or lose football games, right? Like the weight room was the accessory to whatever was occurring during practice or on the field or during the game and um, not to overvalue that stuff, which, so I was conflicted before I got into the industry. I was like, okay, well, if you're being honest with yourself, strength conditioning is a total um, side dish. Like, you can have an awful SNC program and have an amazing team. And so before I really jumped in, I was like, you know, I know that this is going to be difficult because 
I can be very good at my job and have a bad team. I can be very good at bad players. And, and at the end of the day, like how important is what I do? And, um, you know, I still decided to fucking go into it for some reason. Um, but I think that's an important question that, that we have to ask ourselves and remind ourselves is that, you know, at the end of the day, the athlete has to be able to play. Some of the greatest athletes ever refuse to lift weights, refuse to train hard. Um, and so it's like, let's keep it into perspective. Okay. It's at the end of the day, probably the most important thing that we can recognize is that we're working with people. We're working with young people. Uh, we're working with people that we can mentor and help shape and build relationships with. And, um, you know, the stuff that we do in the gym is great. You know, obviously we can either help or, or sometimes be a detriment to what they're doing on the field. But, um, I'm very comfortable acknowledging that my greatest athletes and clients that I've had that, that they were the, the majority of it was, they were born that way. And I, I just played a role in facilitating some of their development, but you know, could they have done it without me? Yeah. Um, you know, could somebody else have screwed some shit up along the way? Probably. But, um, I'm just, I'm very aware that everything that I'm doing with them, it, it's like my main goal is I can't let them get hurt in the gym because the gym is just a general environment for the athlete. So that that's like number one, there's no reason for me to let them get hurt there. And number two is I just need to make sure that when it's time for them to go play, that they're ready physically to step on the field. And uh, I feel like if I do that, then I'm doing my job pretty well. Mm. I love the word that you use, facilitate, because that's what I think we are. We're facilitators. You know, I don't think we we build this huge base of the pyramid so these athletes can then go perform. I was like, ah, we kind of fix it up, you know, like a lot of the time they come to the likes of us already pretty fucking fit. You know, they're pro, semi-pro athletes, you know, all the 19 looking to get that contract and you're like, dude, you're a freak. You know, if I train for the rest of my life, I'm probably never going to get a vertical like you. Let's be honest. You know, and that's with needles in my ass. You know, it's like it's just not going to happen. And you're like, OK, well, how do we increase their preparedness so they can then go express themselves in a better manner? You know, and that their choosing is is their chosen spot. You know, and you're like, all right, mega like. And it's yeah, a lot of it is no, no, don't trip up on that weight on the floor. So why is it? Because you might break your toe, you know, like just baby these people, you know, and it's it's I think it it really is important. But is it necessary? Probably not. Like, is it necessary to make a great team and an amazing team? Uh probably not, you know, because there's we've got the history books dictate no, you know, because this is a new thing. Okay, cool. But is this necessary to make a world dominant team? I would make the argument of yes. You know, it's that that top two, three, one percent, right? The little sprinkling on the cake. So my question back at you would be, how important is this thing? And again, it's like I, I want to say that it's important. Um, it's my job. It's what I do like 60, 70 hours a week. So it pains me. <laughs> um, but like I, I've I've been fortunate to. I've been around a lot of coaches who are working at top programs. I've met a lot of them. I see programs from college and pro teams all over the country. Um, 
you know, the, the next difficult question would be how do we how do we gauge what a good program is or isn't? You know, if, if it doesn't align with things that I believe, that doesn't necessarily make it a bad program. Um, and there's no like one governing body that has determined, okay, this is definitely the best way to train. I mean, I think there's a lot of great coaches that have different philosophies. Um, but again, I've seen, I've seen programs of Super Bowl winning teams and I was very underwhelmed by it. Um, I think, you know, one of my, and, and this is not popular, one of my favorite players is Tom Brady. And I think the majority of the people that would read into either his diet or his training would say that it's fucking bullshit. Um, but he's arguably the greatest winner in sports and whatever he was doing was working for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, just because, you know, again, so who's the idiot here? Is it me? Because I don't, I don't think that, that those things are built on solid principles um, or is it, him and his coach who, who have used it and ended up winning seven Super Bowls. So, you know, again, I, I think the more important part is like he, his coach got buy-in from him and he felt like what he was doing was going to give him longevity in his career and help him perform better. And as long as he was feeling better, it's very hard for me to argue with that. Um, and so again, you know, I think that it can play a nice um, a nice role in an overall program. But I, I would say a lot of what I see ends up being more of like a, a detriment to a lot of athletes. And, you know, I wonder at that point, like if if you scrapped a lot of these, you know, I don't know how familiar you are with like college programs in the States, mm. but they're they're fucking archaic. And they're so poorly put together. We might be better off if we literally just just scrapped the majority of them. Um, and so, again, you know, I, I think I think it's valuable if you have somebody that is exceptional. And by that, I don't just mean skilled. I, I would just say exceptional in how diligent they are about their craft, the relationship that they're able to build with their athletes and just their willingness to try to be a part of that team and a part of that environment, then I, I believe it can be very additive and important for a program. But as it stands, just kind of like this, okay, when you're in the weight room, I train you. And then when you're outside of here, I don't, I don't watch you play. I don't see you play. I'm not at practice. I'm not talking to the head coaches. I don't, I don't know how valuable that actually is. I think we would be far more valuable if we were in the rooms with coaches talking about practice, talking about differentiating stressors between high and low and when should we back off and, and when can we push it? Um, you know, actively watching every game, not just being there, but like being very involved in, in, in each athlete's lives and, and what's going on. So I think that there's potential for it to be more important than it is. I would say how I see most people implement it, it's it's a little half-ass and, and probably not totally necessary. Yeah, let's be honest. We're still in the frontier. You know, we're still trying to figure this thing out. It's still relatively, you know, new. So a lot of the time it's like, all right, here's a fucking Wendler 531. It's like, why are you giving that to a fucking lacrosse player? Like, what's going on here? You know, it's like, oh, no, it's fine. It's a, it's a strength program. I was like, 
yes, but completely out of fucking context. You know, and it's okay, maybe they're going to get stronger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But is it going to help their sport? Probably not. Like, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. We're, we're figuring this out. And I think the, the the best point that you made is learn the people. You know, learn your fucking people, man. Like, you're there to help an individual. You know, this human being that's then also going to go do their job. Help them do their bloody job. You know, everything else comes involved with it. You got to work with the psychologists and work with the coaches. And yeah, okay understand the rules of the game you know rather than i don't know i've never played american football you wouldn't hire me you would fucking put me american football for dummies all right learn these rules mate and once you get a grasp of the game i was like oh okay cool like i can understand a little bit going on now i got a million and one questions once i get those answers we get and get gonna get involved right you need to understand what they're doing rather than all right in the gym do this yeah you move pretty well out you go high five piss off I was like, if that's all we're doing, let's just coach GPP athletes, man. Let's just go coach Linda down the street and just sack off this high performance sport. Because I don't, I don't think it's beneficial. You know, when we're taking people out of context, as like, they're always living their life. We need to understand them, you know, as people, and then as their job, and then whatever else is going on, right? Yeah, and I would say that, and again, at least here in the states, like the athletes spend probably more time with their strength coach than any other coach. Yeah. Um, And so again, that highlights the role that I'm talking about where it's like, we have a lot of opportunity to get buy-in and to kind of shape and influence this athlete into the person that we believe can succeed. And, and again, I would say that, that, um, especially with the younger athletes that I work with, I'm far more valuable in my ability to get them to overcome mental hurdles and believe in themselves. I can get people faster and stronger. And, and, and at this point in my career, that doesn't really do much for me um, because I, I've done it so frequently and it's really, it's just fucking easy. Like if you just train, you, you usually you get better. Um, Funny that, I, I think... <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's how it is. I I think the harder part though is, you know, you get a lot of athletes that have um, game day anxiety or who don't fully believe in themselves or in this generation. And I know every generation thinks the generation under them is different. um, There, there may be a little bit different mentally than some of those other generations. And I think you can even see this in pro sports today. Like, one of my favorite players is Kobe Bryant. Obviously, I love Tom Brady. I love Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think that when you look at those three individuals, they 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 were killers. Um, like they would do anything to win. It didn't matter. Like Jordan and Jordan, I would obviously throw in there too, right? Like Jordan would punch a teammate in the face during practice. Again, I know in today's day and age that would not be that would be frowned upon, but but these are people that were just obsessed and dedicated to their craft, and and they're kind of who I mirrored my own um, profession after. It's like I want to go all in. I want to maximize every part of my ability, but it's the mindset that separated a lot of those guys. Like Kobe wasn't the most obviously he's supremely gifted, but. He wasn't like LeBron James gifted. Um, 
Jordan was it was an incredible athlete, but like we have seen better physical athletes in terms of just like straight up raw qualities. Same thing with Tom Brady. But what separated those guys was just that instinct that they had. And so if I can teach athletes and obviously I can't make them those people, um, but if I can just instill some confidence in them um, and and teach them sometimes just how to think. Like that's big in, in my facility. Like I want people to know how to think critically. Um, I want to challenge them. Uh, I want them to grow. Um, I want them to compete. And I just want them to, to lay it all out there because once sports end, they end. And so if I can get you a little bit better in that area, I feel like that far supersedes anything I can do with a barbell or, or sprinting wise. 100%. You you make them better people, you know, you, you build in better humans, more robust, resilient, bulletproof, whatever you want to call it. You, you're building better human beings. So one day their career is going to end, but that mentality is going to bleed off into everything else that they do. And maybe they're a little bit more functioning into uh, society, right? Rather than just this golden bollock fucking uh athlete that's like just falls to pieces once they're done it's like let's get on the blow we're like well maybe that's not the best route to go down you know and and let's be honest snc doesn't stand for strength and conditioning it stands for strength and counselor you know like that's basically our job man a lot of the time it's like mate i can teach you how to fucking squat and throw things above your head and yet no problem like we've got our bulletproof pretty much 98 percent of the time we've got our cues down they're gonna work with pretty much everybody, especially when you start working with high-end athletes, right? Like they already know their body, you know, they know how it moves. They're all fantastic. It's just little tweaks here, there and everywhere. You just give them the program and thanks for playing. Check, mate. I'm going to cash my check. I was like, yeah, yeah, but what about the top two inches? You know, I had an old school rugby coach who he literally was like the fucking scarlet pimpernel. Everybody knew of him, but nobody knew where he was. He would just then, he would just... And he'd be here, he'd be like, right, lads, why is the boots not on? He's like, the fuck have you been? He probably was about four foot ten, man, scariest bloke you've ever fucking met. And every time, I still hear him today, he was just like, it's a top two inches, lads. I know it's being young lads thinks, you know, he's making some sort of crude joke. And it's like, no, no, it's the top two inches, it's up here. It's all about the mentality. And it's that seed that was planted, maybe, fuck, what were we, 12? I think we were 12 years of age. And he's like, top two inches always, like what's going on up here? And it's never left me, man. And we've got that impact on people. and We kind of have the finger in that pie. And yeah, the strength side is fantastic. The athleticism is fantastic. Bounding, running. Yeah, 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 mega. But what's going on up here? You know, how are they approaching the game? How are they approaching coming off a loss? You know, are they like punching a locker and firing themselves up? And, you know, dude, you got beat. You're going to have to learn to deal with that, you know? and then get back out there and, and give it another bash. Yeah. And I, I think that the gym is unique in that um, almost everybody, literally everybody can make some kind of progress. Right. And it, and it's usually, it's usually relative to the effort that they put in where it's like, you know, again, now if you're comparing yourself to other people, right, you can go down that rabbit hole. But but for the most part, it's like if you see yourself start accomplishing things that you probably didn't think were possible, 
that just that opens the gates for us. And that that's another area where we have to make sure that we remind people um, of of what they've done and how far they've come. And in those, it's like those little building blocks before they get back to their sport. It's like, I just want them to be very confident in their own abilities and, and being able to see yourself make progress is huge. And it's very easy to do in the gym. Again, as long as you just show up, you're going to jump higher. You're going to sprint faster. You're going to get stronger. Um, and, and those things, you know, they do build confidence in younger athletes and, and, it, and they do make them feel better about themselves. And so that alone is going to make them a better athlete. So I, I, again, I like to have my athletes compete with one another, but, but at the end of the day, I am always kind of reminding them where they started and where they are now. So like, I, I like using kinograms of their running. Um, I like using old videos of them running. Uh, I like having that stuff. It's cool for me to look at. And, but I, at the end of the day, it's like, I don't, I don't need it that much. I like it for them. And mm -hmm. I like being able to show them progress that they've made. Yeah. It's a physical representation of the, the progress that they've made mentally, right? They've developed into someone else. And we know like, what's the best program in the world? The one that you stick to. Like, that's it, man. Go do fucking Zumba three times a week. I don't care. Like, just do something, man. It's better than sat on your ass with your thumb in your bum. You know, just fucking do something, man. You know, but a lot a lot of the time, these young athletes don't know that. It's like, give me all this periodized, all this bollocks. And you're like, okay, cool. Like, just, here you go. You know, get a little video. It's like, this is you lifting a barbell week one. This is you lifting a barbell week eight. You know, and you're like, oh, look at that. You're like, yeah, look at that. Like, you just showed up two, three times a week. Like, you know, it's a miracle. <laughs> you know, they think we're magic a lot of the time. It's like, no, dude, it's just it's just time. It's just effort, a little bit of consistency, and that's it, dude. And it bleeds down. You know, it's it's funny. Like, you know, you have the same conversation with, you know, somebody who comes off the street who just wants to move around for two to three times a week. You know, not an athlete. Just she might be doing accountant or they might be a bloody lawyer or something. You know, don't really move the body. It's exactly the same. Hey, be consistent with something. It's probably going to work. That's it. Go for a walk for 15 minutes. Do something. Yep. Mate, here's a, here's a question I like asking. Why do you do what you do? Um, I do just genuinely love what I do. And, and um, I've been asked a lot of times, like, if I you know, if you gave me a hundred million dollars, would I still be doing what I'm doing? And the answer is yes. I would probably just, I cut my hours a little bit. Um, yeah, but I absolutely would still be with my same athletes in my same facility. Maybe I go to a bigger one with a hundred million, um, but still doing the same thing that I'm doing right now. And I think for me, um, I just, I, I really genuinely, genuinely love it. I've, I've loved training since I was young. Um, you know, I had like a, I had a shoulder injury when I was younger and I saw every, everybody under the sun, doctors, PTs, orthos, I did acupuncture. Uh, you know, I had a mom that would do anything for me. We were going all over the fucking country. Um, and it wasn't until I met Buddy when I was about 19 that he was like, listen, 
You're just fucking doing too much. Control your volume. Eliminate the irritant a little bit. And go from there. And it was like, okay, that's all. Like, this guy who was a fucking communications major knew more about the human body than any doctor, Cairo, PT, physio that I ever saw. Now, I ended up, I had had surgery on this shoulder, too. The surgery didn't do anything. So, I, like, I have a, a nerve entrapment and, and the muscles atrophy that that's never coming back. But I've never gone back to the level of pain that I was in simply by just understanding how to modify my total training volume. That's all I ever needed to do. And, um, you know, so he, he was, he was one of the main reasons why I got into the field because again, I, I initially went to law school. I went to law school for a year and I was like, this is fucking miserable. And I was like thinking the other part is like at the time, buddy, buddy had just left the Cleveland Browns. He was the strength coach there. I'm like, this guy gets to fucking wear sweatpants and cutoffs every day. And, uh, gets to gets to lift weights and talk to people about training like that that's a fucking job and like i'm sitting here in the law library you know reading nonstop, and i'm like i don't know if i can do this um so i, I never knew it was a career but like ever since i was you know 11 12 years old i was like taking my my parents weights and lifting i watched every arnold movie every stallone movie so for me, it's just been something that I've loved my whole life that I've been reading about my entire life. And, um, you know, I'm just obsessed with getting better and knowing more. And, um, you know, like I said, I, I would keep doing it even, even if I didn't have to. Mm. I think, uh, people have a, people have a poor relationship with the word obsession, you know, obsession, passion, uh, a bit different. I'll, but I'll, be honest, I'll be honest with you. Any anybody that would look at my life would tell you that I don't have good balance. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. And again, but I don't think that I would. I don't think that I would know as much as I know, and I don't think my business would have done as well as it has if that wasn't the case. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and maybe there's somebody out there that that's a lot better at at managing these things than I am, but. Um, no, this is this is the only way that I know how to do anything. It's just like I just go all in, go a hundred percent at it, and um, you know I don't I don't try to to wear multiple hats. I'm not trying to run all these different businesses. Like this is this is what I do. This is what I I keep trying to get better at, and um, you know that's why I would call it unfortunately an obsession. I don't think it's unfortunate at all, man. You know, like like I get. I get the same. I kind of have to force it across a couple of different things. Otherwise I go all the way in and end up fucking working myself into a bloody fine powder. You know, maybe my, it's just my because HRV, my HRV and my sleep data might disagree with you. God damn it. <laughs> Let's see you in the ER. You know, but I don't know, man. Like my question would be, you know, back to somebody who's like, oh, you, you have to fucking find the balance. I was like, do you love it? And if the answer is yeah, then you're doing what you fucking love, man. You know, that's, you know, it's the same as we have to communicate with the athlete to be able to find their fine balance for them. And sometimes it's like Usain Bolt eating chicken nuggets before he breaks the world record, man. 
you'd look at that and be like, that's, you, we shouldn't be doing that. It's like, yeah, but he produced this result. So how can you argue with it? You know, I would say the same thing with yourself to anybody who would fucking play any cards. You'd be like, look at the result. And then also ask the individual, are you having a good time? If the answer is yeah, fucking leave the bloke alone. Well, I think it's good for our athletes to know that we love it too, because I yeah. think they have a lot of coaches that don't. And I think again, it helps like I'm very transparent with my athletes. I'm very, um, I'm very open and honest with them, but they see how dedicated I am. Mm. And so it, it just like, it, there's almost an immediate level of trust and I'll, I'll, I, I should always have to earn that trust. Like it shouldn't end there, but, um, they, 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 they trust me very quickly because they can, they can tell how much I love what I do and how passionate I am for it. And so, again, if we go back to the beginning of, of getting athletes to buy in, that, that's one of the biggest things we can do. Um, I definitely make sure they know that I care, make sure they know that I study and I research and, um, you know, so there is that built in level of trust almost instantly. Exactly. It's uh, the best way to get somebody to buy in. Somebody who truly gives a fuck. You're like, okay, I'll run through a brick wall for you now. You know, that's, that's uh, human nature, right? Brother, I got three questions. All right, let's hear them rapid fire. What's the greatest piece of life advice you've ever received? Oh. Um, that's tough. Um. All right, let me hit me with number two, and let me think about that one. That's all right. <laughs> number two is the flip. What's the worst piece of life advice you ever received? Oh Jesus. Um. God, these are these are tough. Um. All right, wait. What's number three? <laughs> <laughs> What are the three words you tell your younger self? Um, younger self probably go into finance. Um, just because that, I mean, I didn't, the, the level of, uh, of uh, the level of money in that field is just kind of crazy. I didn't even know that it really existed. Yeah. Um, yeah. That I would definitely probably consider that because then I could work, you know, five, six years, retire, and then just train people the rest of my life. And uh, that would be pretty easy. Um, all right. I, I don't, I can't really think of, of the best advice that somebody ever gave me. Um, I, I, you know, for me, like I just used people, I guess, as role models mm -hmm. and, you know, like I, I probably, there probably was some great, okay, wait, actually, let me take that back. Um, the, the name of the story is not coming to me right now, but it was one of the last conversations that I had had with my dad, we were on instant messenger. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. AOL. And, um, 
he sent me this story and, and again, I was in college at the time, so I didn't, I didn't read it fully. And then like, I don't know, a week or two after that he had passed, but, but for some reason I, I saved the conversation and, um, basically in the, in the story, it was about a guy who was told to go. He was like, go, it was, it was during some war time. He's like, go travel to Spain or whatever, find this guy, give him this. And, uh, the guy just took it and went. And the, the moral of that story was, you know, he didn't ask a million questions. He didn't, he, you know, he didn't sit and dwell and this is that he just fucking did it. And um, he told me that, you know, that's the kind of man that you should be. You should be somebody that if something needs to get done, you just fucking do it. And he uses an example in it where he's like, if any any boss in his office were to go to somebody and say, hey, um, you know, find this, they would ask a million questions. Well, where should I look? When do you need it by this, this, this and that? And so for me, it's always just been like, if there's something that I need to do or something that I want to do, I'm just going to do it. Um, I'm not going to try to ask a million questions about it. I'm just going to try to fucking figure it out. Uh, if I have to figure it out on my own, then that's what I have to do. And um, that's definitely how I've tried to to live my life is just see see something that I want to do and just do it. Um, yeah. The wor worst I guess, you know, the worst kind of advice out there would just be, you know, to just try to fit in and blend in and, and go on the same path that everybody else is going on. So, you know, go to go to this school and do this major and work this job. And um, I think in today's day and age, it, it's it's poor advice. And, and I know that higher education can be a good thing, but I think. I think the average person really should just get out and try to find the things that they want to do a little bit and learn and make mistakes and not be so afraid of being wrong. And I think academia is definitely not structured in a way that preaches curiosity and, and sometimes making errors where it's just like, I think it's totally fine if you fuck up a bunch, if you don't know what you want to do, if you change your major four times, um, if you drop out and go back, it's like, th th these things are not a big deal. It's like, you don't have to follow this rigid path that everybody makes it seem like you need to. So I would say, you know, that kind of advice I think is detrimental for the average young person. I, I do think that, that they should just go for whatever the hell they want to do and keep trying, you know, and, and, and if you have to go back and go down this boring ass path then you do that at some point. Hmm. But um, yeah, I, I think, I think that would be what I think is pretty bad advice for today. I'd agree. Brother, thank you so much for this. This has been a, an honor and a privilege, man. I love geeking out over this strength stuff, you know, about this, uh, this fitness scene, which is kind of a strange way to pay your bills, but fuck me. I love it, man. <laughs> I, I, I'm with you there. I, I, and I appreciate you having me on. No, I appreciate it, man. I'll let you know whenever I'm over in Buffalo. <laughs> okay, get some chicken wings, all right? <laughs> all right, brother. All right, have all a good right, day. I'll speak one. to you soon. All Bye, right. everybody. Bye.